It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Faster my crazy day, my pack commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com. Part of the Scout.com network, which brings some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And I'm talking to you on Sunday night from Lambeau Field, following the Packers' disheartening 31-26 loss to the Indianapolis Colts. My Packer Report colleague Keith Rording will be joining me shortly. Keith was here, not as a member of the media, but as a parent with his son. A disappointing outcome for, for, Keith's, <laughs> for Keith's boy as the Packers hold behind 31-13 the Mickey spirited too little, too late comeback, and the defense, just like just like last week in Atlanta where they had a chance to win the game. Last week against the Falcons, they had a chance to give Aaron Rodgers and company one more shot with the ball at the end of the game, but they could not stop Angela kind of with a couple of, of third-down conversions. And you want to talk stats are for losers. Aaron Rodgers, 297 passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception for a 94.8 rating. Andrew Luck, 281 yards. One touchdown, two picks, and a 74 rating. The Packers win the total yardage battle 405 to 355. But ultimately, the Packers can't win the game late. And you know what? They blow the game early, too. I mean, if you just look at the, the missed opportunities early, the after the Colts return a kickoff for a touchdown, the Packers get the ball, have, get a good run from Ty Montgomery, then settle for a chip shot field goal. Then, ha, Clinton Dix gets an interception, and the Packers go nowhere on the drive and miss a field goal. It's just kind of been the story of the year where the Packers do enough good things to give you some hope and to make you think that they could be good, but ultimately they do enough bad things and they're, you know, all these guys are just a mediocre football team and maybe the injured guys will come to the rescue here for the second half of the season, but at this point, as I say, you are what you are and this team is just not very good. And before we get rolling too much further in this, I would like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network which includes Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy, Locked On Colts for their viewpoint on tonight's game, and then, of course, Locked On Titans for an early look at next week's opponent. And, of course, check out our work over at PackerReport.com. We have full coverage, including stories and, and a couple of videos from the NFL. And with that, like did my guest, my Packer Report colleague, Keith Rodank. All right, Keith, that was, uh, I'm sure your son thanks you a thousand times over for taking him, taking him to that game. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it wasn't the uh, the first Packer game experience I was expecting for him, but uh, uh, he still had a great time. I'll tell you what, it's uh, it was the first time I had sat in the stands to watch a game in, in five years. I used to I used to sit there uh, years back and uh, and watch game watch one game a year with my dad from the stands before he passed, and, and I've seldom since. But uh, you know what a what a great opportunity to uh, to be able to take your son to his first game. And, he had his Clinton Dix jersey on. He got to got to see his favorite player get two interceptions and a sack. And oh, if, if only that second sack, Bill, so that uh, 
clearly a few more players other than Clinton Dix needed to uh, to do a few more things than what they did that afternoon. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, in that second half, I thought that there, there were two loud cheers before the Packers came back. One, this is such how the game went. One was the Jerry Kramer Johnsonville commercial. The crowd went crazy for that. And then maybe the only cheers bigger than that was the, uh, the squirrel in the, in the end zone. People love squirrels. Bill, I'll tell you what. The They're cute and market, fuzzy. Come on now. The, the, market, the Panther marketing department is missing a huge opportunity if, if the next time I go in the pro shop, I don't see stuffed squirrels in uh, Packer jerseys. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is big buck. You can do the squirrel on the home, the squirrel on the away, the squirrel on the throwback jersey. You can do a three-squirrel pack. People were loving the squirrels. Is vehemently, as they booed the Packers throughout the game, they cheered that squirrel, especially when the uh, when the squirrel took up for the north end zone. And you know that guy in the blue shirt with the net wasn't uh, he didn't have any better a chance of, of stopping that squirrel than than I think the Packer defense did with with Frank Gore and company. Unfortunately, a couple more squirrel notes. You're, you're right about selling stuff. You know what? I hate I hate the cheesehead hats. Hate them. But what if we want squirrel hats? Now those would be because the Vikings have the Vikings have all sorts of fur, all sorts of furs in their head. So we could go squirrels here. And then secondly, I wish that uh, fullback El Stevis Squirrel was on the team because his his nickname was Squirrel. So that that have been fitting if Squirrel was on the team. Oh yeah, maybe maybe they can bring him back. Yeah. Anyways. I mean, I, I I feel like I feel like after after three hours of what we witnessed today, we. We really, uh, I, I don't feel like we're wasting time exploring uh, possibilities and conversations centered around squirrels, though, because, I don't know, this, you know, we, we felt so good last week at this podcast talking about, you know what, sure they lost by one point, but look at, look at the greater game. If you're ever going to feel good about a loss, and yeah, you can't have too many moral victories, but, you know, we felt so good because we thought we saw the type of progress in a one-point loss at Atlanta with the undermanned Packers squad. We, we said we felt better about that than the 16-point the win against the Bears at home. So, of course, what do the Packers go and do? They completely fall on their face and, and take that, that moral victory and that long-term game that we felt so good about and really just throw it out the window and make it completely meaningless because after after what they did against the Colts, what they did in Atlanta is, is no longer any type of, of moral victory or, or feel-good story. It's just the first of two losses in a row with a team that doesn't have an identity and, and you know has, has zero consistency in anything they're doing. Can the squirrel play running back? Because God knows they God knows they need a running back. This is you're right. You I mean you're right about I mean I make a joke there, but you're right about what you said a minute ago. They lack an idea. We, we thought they had one after playing short passing game against the Bears and Falcons. I thought okay maybe they've got an identity, but not. That's not it either. No, and the, the the squirrel would be the I think the Ty Montgomery of the of the rodent world. I think he could I think he could run and pass. And, yeah, I, I had a whole thing though right, where I was going to say that undrafted out of uh, Acorn State. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you for thank you for laughing. I thought I really need to work that into the podcast. My wife just there to look. Could be because I'm talking loud, or it could be from the squirrel joke. That's great. I think it's, she just said, is this live? Yes. Yes, it's live. We record all this. It's, it's, it's live. Yeah. It's live. It's live and late breaking. 
Yeah, oh man, I just, you know, and, and the whole the whole spiel after the game about, you know, Rogers lamenting that, we, you know, we didn't have the juice and we didn't have the energy. Well, what was, what was his, where was his juice and energy in the first half? Because I'll, I'll tell you what, from, from my vantage point, there, there were, you know, a handful of times where guys were open down the field and he simply didn't see him. Guys were open deep and he was, you know, he was throwing short and in the flat. And once again, it wasn't that that quick tempo rhythm that we saw a week ago where it's, you know, three-step drop, look, look, pass. It was three-step drop, shuffle to the left, shuffle to the right, step up, step back, roll to my left, roll back to my right, pick up a block, am I going to throw, am I going to run? Hey, I ran for four yards. I mean, it's that's, you know, that's, that's the negative kind of backyard football, which looks like you simply don't have a plan. It looks like, you know, I mean, when I'm playing in the backyard with my sons and we don't call a plan, I just say, get open. <laughs> they, they don't get, but they don't get open, and I don't throw them a good pass even if they do. That's what it looked like. I mean, it, it was it was ridiculous. And, you know, again, the, the comeback was, was fantastic because, you know, certainly a lot of people, you know, I'm sure you, if you look down from the press box and I saw them from where I was sitting, a mm-hmm. lot of people had decided to just call it a day and, and get back to their cars and, and get on the highway and, and, you know, get ready for the work week to start. But, I mean, for the people that hung out, you know, we got to see a, you know, pretty spirited comeback. And, and again, if Clinton Dix had managed to pull one down on third down, who knows? But, but all that waiting. It was... Uh... It was miserable. You know, it, you look at that, that comeback, it looked great, but I, I don't know. I mean, do you put any stock into that whatsoever, or is that the Colts up by 18 points or whatever the hell they're winning by and, and, and you know, prematurely celebrating and, and going into prevent defense and all that kind of happy horse hockey? I just, I just wonder if any of that meant anything. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and that's, the, that's the flip side of it, and, and we've seen teams come back on the Packers and – and we kind of want to blow that off is, is, oh, you know what, don't don't read too much into that. It's human nature that you're going to take your foot off the gas a little bit. So is that all the Colts were doing, or, or was it the Packers finally finally clicking? Or, you know, I'd like to think maybe it was a little bit of both. I mean, I, I did see some things that, that looked good and, and some things that reminded me of last week in Atlanta. But, again, it's just it's too little too late when you're muddling around in the first half. And, you know, it started with the opening kickoff. And, you know, I, I, I said to my son, I said, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to have a team run back to kickoff, I said, this is probably the time to do it. I said, it's, you know, first play of the game, you got the whole, you got the whole rest of the game. You're at home. This is a team you should soundly beat. Their defense is a bottom feeder and they have a quarterback that's been sacked more than, you know, any other quarterback in the league, I think. So, Again, even even that, I wasn't too concerned. But you know, once again, when you, when you lose by five, that's that's certainly something you have to point to. Yeah, Ryder's pointing to the, and you mentioned a minute ago the the lack of fire, and I, I'm I'm sure the opening kickoff didn't didn't help anything. You know, I remember how nobody could. This is gonna, I'm going to sound like Al Bunny from Maryville Children talking about his high school football days. But when I played at college at UW Whitewater, we were playing at Lacrosse for the basically the conference championship and. We deferred and we kicked off, and, and some kid named Bill Schrader returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. And at that point, the game was over. And I just remember being so fired up for that game, and it just going, and that was that. I mean, obviously, it's 
different at home and all that, but it, yeah, I, yeah, I know. Mike said Rogers lamented the the lack of fire, and I that just took the took the juice out of that. And you, and you, you, you're at home, you count, you're counting on the fans to give you that juice, and I mean, you were in the stands. I mean, it just went it just went away in a, in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank thank God for the Badger band that was coming up in the stands too to occasionally occasionally wake people up because there, yeah, there there wasn't there wasn't again squirrels and. Jerry Kramer commercials aside, there was there was very little to cheer about, and it's, I can tell you that the booing was was a little shocking to my son, who looked at me and said, "I didn't know they booed the Packers." <laughs> well, a lot of years they don't. <laughs> this year, people are losing their patience, and you know, I again, as, as we talked about last week, though, you felt like you saw some signs of progress, and and now you just see signs of. of you know, some some type of bizarre split personality that you know multiple personality syndrome. You know, on a NFL team where they they can't decide what they are. Again, struggles and injuries aside, it looked like they had something going in Atlanta. And this is a this is a, a team that you know whose defense was arguably worse than Atlanta. It was. Uh... They just can make it happen. So you, you mentioned, so I, I was going to talk about the game with you, but the losing faith thing, I mean, don't you just feel it that the fans are tired of 10-6 and six and, and being a playoff team? But I mean, the, the people want Super Bowls around here. And, and they, I, is it, maybe it's the whole Brett Favre thing where he only won one Super Bowl and, 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 and they frittered the rest of his career away and, and you're seeing the same thing happen with the quarterback here. I don't know, but I think, you're, I think the fans here are fed up with it. I think they are too. I mean, it's 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 title town for a reason, and it's but you know it goes back to everybody wants them to be more aggressive in free agency. But really, the, the Patriots aside, I mean, Super Bowls are hard to come by, and all you can do is build the best roster you can. But it is starting to feel like where you know Brett Favre starts getting on the tail end of his career, and you start looking at missed opportunities. And you start wondering if you're going to get to that next Super Bowl. And I think, you know, I think fans are doing the same thing right now. And, and, and justifiably so, because you look at it on paper, you've got all this talent. And now, you know, given this year, and, you know, we probably need to realistically cut him a little slack with all the injuries. I mean, next man up sounds, you know, it's a it's a great cliche quote in the locker room and at the podium, but the starters start for a reason. Mm-hmm, right. And start, start, you know, those jobs outright. They have, you know, the pedigree or they've proved it on the field. They're starting for a reason and they are unequivocally better than the guy in back of them on the depth chart, barring a few rare instances. So when you have all these backups in the lineup, it does make it hard to get consistency and and to, you know, to play up to the caliber that that you think this team is, is capable of. But that said, maybe the most frustrating thing is that the guy that's been healthy, meaning Aaron Rodgers, is the guy that isn't consistently getting it done. I mean, he's the only guy touching the touching the ball on every play and, and pulling the trigger, and it's, and it's not happening. I mean, again, we you know we saw great players like the ones you know the the slant for the touchdown to Adams and, and the touchdown to Cobb, you know the, the throw to Nelson was nice, but then you know you you've got the duality of a horrible throw to Jordy Nelson that's in front of him that he can't get to on a deep route. Mm-hmm. But that's on Rodgers. And then 
Jones actually drops a perfect pass to Jeff Janis, but Janis can't hang on to it. So it's always something. That's right. And, you know, I, ta- I was talking to uh, our Pack Report colleagues, Tom Andrews and Matt Tevish, outside the locker room, and I said, this is who they are. And in fact, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I know we did that. The Packers are good enough to make you think that they could be good, but they're bad enough that they're not. They, this is, they are the epitome of mediocrity, and you can, you can probably talk to the fan base or the, the media or, or the players of any team at this, you know, four and four, three and five, or whatever at this point of year, where they're all the same, where they're good enough to make some plays and hang in there and maybe win a game, but they're bad enough where they do something to screw it up, whether it's the two plays you point out. I mean, Jordy Nelson's wide open for, he probably doesn't go the distance, but that's a gain of 50. And then Jeff Janis drops a 75-yard touchdown pass. I mean, those are, those are the things that mediocre slash losing teams do where they they have it. They have something figured out, and then they somehow find a way to screw it up. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the difference between being really good and being great is consistency. Mm-hmm. It's not doing. It's not doing a few things that are awesome. You know, a game here and a game there. It's doing them every single game and stringing them together over the course of the season. That's what teams like the Patriots do. They, you know, I mean, if you have to. If you want to compare two teams, the Patriots find ways to win, and the Packers seem to find ways not to win. You know, in the same opportunity, you know, when similar opportunities arise, and I mean, you know, this isn't apples to apples, but it just, you know, you, you and I have watched enough football. You watch a team like the Patriots, and, and when they're in a situation like that, they more consistently find some way somehow to win, and the Packers find some way somehow to get close but not quite and it's again it's it's you you have to factor in the guys that are that are hurt but you also feel like the guys that are there need to be dealing a little more and, it, and it's not happening it's not all on Rodgers nope certainly and I mean you know he's you know what he's doing without a running game is I think admirable and but it just it was it was so disjointed from the first series you're just it's frustrating having seen what they did in Atlanta and thinking, really thinking to yourself, okay, you know what? What I saw in this loss in Atlanta, this is this is the type of kind of kind of quirky, you know, performance that could propel them into the playoffs. It's something a little different. Maybe it's forcing them to concentrate a little more. It's giving them a rhythm in a way that they didn't think they were going to have. But you know, no, today they apparently thought they could explode the deep ball and. That wasn't happening, and I, you know they, they didn't. I don't know if it was because of the sickle cell thing, but they didn't go to Montgomery much early. And certainly, you know Don Jackson, nice kid, he's not getting anything done on the ground. So it just again, it was just this this disjointed Rodgers running around trying to complete passes that aren't there, and then the defense too. Again, aside from Quentin Dix, who who did anything impressive out of that unit? Yeah, it was pretty poor. And the, this is, you know, the, you know, the, you, you, I'm going to link the two things you said together there into one. For whatever reason, this team is not clutch. You know, and I know, you know, Bob McGinn from the General Sentinel, you know, killed Rodgers after the game last week. And I'm thinking, well, geez, the guy had 30 seconds to win a football game. That's pretty tough duty. But the defense blew that game, and, and they never got close to, to getting off the field to winning that game. And then, and then you look at this game 
where the, the Packers have the, the ship righted, they have a chance to win it, and the Colts have get to take, a, what, five and a half minutes to go, 5.45 to go in the game. All they have to do is stop them once and give Rodgers one chance to, to win the game. And instead, you know, it's third and long, and, and Clinton Dix misses a sack, and luck gets... I, I hate that he was the one that missed it. It seems, it You're right. seems unfair, unfair in a football sense that he's the guy that has to feel like he can get luck down when he's the only, he was the only guy that did anything against luck for the, you know, for the previous, you know, three hours and, you know, however many minutes. It's just, it's disappointing. And it, gosh, it looked like he, you know, again, sitting in the north end zone, we had a great view of him, of him blitzing it off of luck's uh, left side. And, man, it looked like he had him. And that was, the crowd went nuts and he gets that ball out of his hands. It's just, uh, and then more going. So, yeah, so then you get him to another third down a couple of plays later. It's third and two, and, you know, they Andrew and T.Y. Hilton just gets wide ASS open for a gain of 27. And so, again, you've got two tries to get off the field and give your quarterback a chance, your, your quarterback who's hot in the offense that, that's feeling it against a defense that stinks. And, again, just like the Atlanta game, the defense fails to get the job done. And, you know, you go back to the Dallas game, just before halftime of the Dallas game a, you know, a few weeks ago here at Lambeau, where it's, you know, the Cowboys take over to their three-yard line, the Packers are going to call some timeouts, and they got a chance to, to score some points before halftime and really take control, and, and they blow that one, too. This, for whatever, again, it probably helps that you don't have any cornerbacks, but for, for, for all the crap that Rodgers gets about lack of fourth-quarter comebacks, you know, this defense has failed again and again to, to get off the field and make a play when you need to make it. And they had... Two chances today to, to give the offense a shot at winning, and, and, and they couldn't do it. Absolutely, you know. And you mentioned the Dallas game. I mean, how did Dallas close out that first half? You know, with a, a ninety-five yard touchdown drive. What did Indianapolis do today? You know, ninety was it a ninety-six yards? Yep, ninety-six yards and a third and nine on that, from the five-yard line. Yeah, I mean, you know, don't don't get me wrong. You know, I've, I've you know made a case to hold Rodgers accountable too, and, and the, the numbers are the numbers as far as yep. fourth quarter comes. Comebacks, but I mean, you know, there's a stat out there about defenses just, you know, absolutely just collapsing too. And it's again, I don't, you know, you didn't have Clay Matthews out there. Um, certainly, the the cornerbacks looked more exposed today. Than, and again, how do you how do you hold Julio Jones in check, but not hold, you know, T. Y. Hilton in this group? And nothing against Hilton. I mean. You know, amazing speedster. I mean, certainly he's you know kind of you know Pro Bowl caliber receiver, but he's not Julio Jones. So you hold Julio Jones in check. You can't hold Hilton and, and his you know receiving mates in check. You can't hold those guys from Dallas in check with Des Bryant out of the lineup. So again, it's just the the, the multiple personalities of this defense. Where you also don't know what you're going to get. No, you don't, and. You know, Julius Peppers, you know, told us a few times after the game that we'll be fine, we'll get it to round, we're halfway through the season. You know, Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson basically said the same thing. And, you know, they're, they're right. I mean, we've seen mediocre Packers teams get their get their act together late. And, you know, getting getting Matthews back and, you know, Stark should be back at some point. And at some point they're going to get healthy, but I don't know. Well, this has to win this division. <laughs> well, they don't have to. I mean, I think... <laughs> Well, fourteen. You know, to be 
teams have to lose the division, Bill. That's true. Be somebody, somebody that's forced to play another game. It's, and it might be Green Bay. It's looking that way. I mean, it, it's 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 their only saving grace now is. Well, I gotta say, you know, I, the, you know, we talked about this last week. Matthew Stafford in the fourth quarter is, is a troublesome guy. He, for all the things that these guys can't do in a clutch, Matthew Stafford seems to get it done. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know where these guys go from here. Now it's it's at Tennessee, at Washington, at Philadelphia. It's it's a three game road trip, and none of those three teams are very good, but <laughs> none of them are very bad either. But they're they're, they're the Green Bay Packers. Or they're just. A bunch of mediocre teams, and who the hell knows what happens? Well, and those teams are those teams are, are getting the like the Packers. They're they're getting some you know sporadic great play. I mean, Marcus Mariota at times looks great. Today, Carson Wentz, I think he had no touchdowns and two picks, but he had you know three hundred sixty some yards, and you know they they're they're playing teams that have again capable talents on them, and they're playing at their house. It's, it's hard to feel confident. When they can't win at home against a, a struggling, middling Colts team with a, with a, a quarterback that's been a pinata for every other defense in space and a, a defense that can't stop anybody, and they lose to them at home, how can you have confidence for, for them going on the road? I mean, it really just... I mean, players like to say they're going to take the season a game at a time. I mean, the fans probably should too because from one week to the next... You have no idea what Packer team you're going to see. They might win. They might not. So you really should be taking it a game at a time. Yeah, it's, uh, boy, I don't know. It's, you know, it's high, like you like you let off this thing. I mean, as high as you were for the last week's game, you're, you're, you're as low this game. It's hard to see. It's hard to see where this team gets better. I mean, what James Starks comes back next week. Well, okay, that's nice. What did, what did James Starks do to start the year? But at least he's a running threat. I mean, at this point... You know, no one gives a crap about Ty Montgomery running the ball, and you know Don Jackson was undrafted for a reason. And I don't know if, if you're asking 30 year old James Starks to be the savior. You know, good luck with that, but maybe this is where they're at. They need James Starks to come in and be the savior. And I don't, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss otherwise. You know, Starks. You know, certainly, and you know, I've talked about this Starks. I, I thought Starks saved the season last year when Nancy struggled. Yep. By, by giving them any semblance of a running game with, you know, a thousand yards from scrimmage and what he did. And, you know, certainly prior to getting hurt, he didn't look like that player. I mean, running backs at this age, you know how it goes. They get up out of bed one day and they're, you know, half the player they were the day before. And no one's quite sure why, but it, it seems to happen. But I think him coming back with Montgomery, who, who runs hard. I mean, he really does. When Montgomery gets the ball... He's hard to bring down. He fights. He sees these little cracks and openings and you know, gets his pads down. I feel good about Montgomery when he gets the ball in his hands. Maybe the combination of, of him and Starks actually can do something. But can it, you know, is that going to get the, the passing game back in sync? I don't know. Maybe, maybe Montgomery, Starks, and, and the squirrel <laughs> is, is what we need. Or Jared, or or Jared Chickenhead Cook, maybe, and you know he's. I assume he'll play. He'll play in the next week or two, too, and maybe. Yeah, well, those chicken heads, the stuffed, the stuffed chicken heads, will not be appearing in the pro shop. Though I'm, I'm quite certain. <laughs> See, the squirrel, the squirrel could be like the Hank the dog for the Brewers. There you go. You gotta, you gotta name them. You gotta 
oh yeah, put them up on the screen, you know, have them have them uh, have them race on the jumbotron against the beer bottles, and you know, he comes out of nowhere and the squirrel beats the beer. I really, I, I feel like somebody from from Packer Marketing. You know, I'll freelance for anyone. Bill Packer Marketing can reach out to me. I've got a lot of lot of squirrel related ideas here. <laughs> You're nuts. <laughs> God, that's horrible. Very nice. Very nice. Apropos. Yeah. Um, so, is there any positive other than the NFC North race being a disaster? Is there is there any anything? I don't even say glass half full, glass uh, quarter fill viewpoint of this team that that you say, well, maybe this. I mean. I felt like this was going to be a Pro Bowl kind of a year, a, a breakout year for Clinton Dix, and he's he had started a, he, I think a little slow. I don't think he, had, I certainly don't think he had done anything wrong or, or regressed. I just didn't feel like he had taken that step forward. I mean, it's unfortunate it came in a loss, and, I, and, I, and again, I'm you know lamenting the the sack he didn't get, but this was a career day for him. I mean, this was a. You know, this was a fantastic performance. If this is him stepping up and asserting himself and they start getting a few of these other guys back on defense, you know, maybe maybe this is what they need. I mean, Rogers talked about not having juice and not having energy. Man, he had energy. So you know, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I, That's a good one. If, if, if I'm looking if I'm looking for positives, if this is if this is kind of a breakout performance for him and and the second half of the season is going to be him having a Pro Bowl type of campaign. Maybe that sparks other guys in the secondary, and maybe maybe that's kind of where the dynamic of this team starts changing. Because certainly not a lot of guys had the had the energy or the juice until the very end of the game. You know, maybe this is something. One thing I'll point to is the run defense, and I, it didn't strike me as that good today. And by here, I'm looking at the numbers. Colts average three yards a carry, and I know some of that was to take an E stuff at the end hurts it a little bit, but maybe it's 3.3 without that stuff in there. So, again, at least the run defense is something you can hang your head on, and, and the Titans are going to run the ball like crazy next week because that's, that's what they do with DeMarco Murray and the uh, kid from Alabama I'm drawing a blank on. So maybe that gives you a, a reason to think you're going to beat the Titans next week, and then, again, you know, maybe maybe get some guys healthy and can build some momentum from there. So that's my... Uh, Last quarter full, <laughs> Mr. Optimism <laughs> viewpoint from today here at Lambeau. I saw something written somewhere recently, Bill, I don't know if it was on online or Facebook or something, one of those little things people posted. So if, you're, if your glass isn't half full, pour it in a smaller glass. That's good. I like that. <laughs> I know. Maybe maybe that's what we need to do for the Packers season. We keep, we keep pouring it into smaller glasses so we can we can find something we feel good about. But and soon the glass will be overflowing, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> this, this, game, this game was tough, though. It, it really was. I mean, I, I think coming off of that Atlanta loss, you felt like, you know what, okay, they're going to put it together, and they're really going to really put the screws and get on top of a team that is struggling. You know, the Packers are at home. They found this, this kind of tempo, this short passing, this dink and dunk thing that you know, people were kind of skeptical of, and they're just going to do that, and they went completely away from it. So they clearly saw something in scouting that they, they wanted to exploit, and it didn't work at all. I mean, I'm all for if something's working, stick with it. And last week, to me, was the first time they had, they had rhythm and tempo. I, 
Yeah, the one thing they clearly saw from scouting, and, and you know, the numbers backed it up I had in, in the preview, is the Colts have been torched by tight ends this year. So Richard Rodgers, who was on milk cartons, I think, for most of the years, six catches, was targeted ten times. But, I don't know, Richard Rodgers isn't doing it for me this year. I, I think if you're going to start going tight end heavy, you, you better have Jared Cook as your tight end because you know, Richard Rodgers, especially if, you're, if especially if it's a spread-the-field kind of game, I just don't know where Richard Rodgers fits in a spread-the-field kind of game. If you're going to run the ball and do that kind of stuff, sure. But if you're going to spread the field, I would think you know, Richard Rodgers in, in a – God, I hate to go with this, but I had a, a scout told me in, in, a with, in a race with a pregnant woman, he would finish third. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> well, you know, you also, you also had Justin Perillo out there who – I like him. Said, my, I do too. My son's like – he caught a pass and my son Cole said, who's that guy? And I'm like – uh, it's Justin Perillo. He's, he's one of their tight ends. And he's like, what number is he? And I'm like, where's number eight? And he goes, no, what number tight end? And I'm like, where's their third string? And he's like, never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where we are, right? I mean, when you have all these guys hurt, you, you play with Don Jackson and Justin Perillo and Jeff Janis and Geronimo Allison. I mean, it's just... These guys are a disaster at this point. I mean, you know, your only hope is you can stay afloat or the NFC North sucks long enough that... You got you get guys healthy, and you can bolt to nine and seven and win the division. Well, I mean, and, and I'll tell you what, I, I don't think that's so far fetched. I mean, someone is going to win this division, and the way the Vikings have looked lately, and you know, the, I don't know if they can put too much stock in the Bears and the Lions until they do something different. Historically, have shown us that they will collapse under you know the weight of, of their own you know modest expectations, but it. it it really might be there for the taking at nine and seven, and you know I don't know if it. I mean, it's hard to come. It's hard to come off of this this loss and still be still be talking about uh, ten or eleven wins. I mean, I think I think ten is still realistic, but you know, only realistic until we're having the same conversation next week. I'm afraid we will be, Keith. Until next week, I'll, I'll let you go. Packers Titans next week. I mean, if there's ever a must-win ninth game of the year, I mean, I think I think it's that for the Packers. Otherwise, the season's got a chance to go in a, a really bad direction in a hurry. I think so. And, and Bill, here's here's hoping they they catch that squirrel and, and take it down to Tennessee with them. That sounds great. We we need less squirrels around here. They they get in your attic and cause mayhem. <laughs> let them let them cause some havoc. Sign them sign them to the squad and. Put him in a little Packers jersey and see what he can do. Hey, they always say lowest man wins, so <laughs> that's how low can you go besides a rodent. Nobody was. I'm, I'm looking at a picture of him right now uh, on ESPN. Bill, he's he's leaping through the air. I mean, he's Lambo leap. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what his forty time is, but nobody nobody was catching him. He's got that going for him. Well, no. Well, that's, let's hope they, let's hope, they, hope they can sign him and it'll be uh, the Squirrel and James Starks, the double S combo next weekend. The Packers roll over the Titans. All right, Keith. <laughs> we'll t- sounds good. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week, Bill. Take care. Are you too. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. 
Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.